Ladies and gents, welcome back to another episode of the Strive Golf Podcast. Devin here with me as always, the co-host, the man, Mr. Sean Christensen. Sean, how are you, man? This the Sunday evening. Not too bad. Thanks for popping on with me. I know you've uh, had a long day waking up on the other side of the country. Yeah, so thanks uh, for thanks for pushing through. No, anything for you, man. Anything for for the for the pod. It was uh, yeah, fun fun weekend. It was. This is like one of the only work weekends I've ever actually had to to work. But uh, you know, those nursing folks decided to to host uh, a, a conference over the weekend, so it was a yeah, fly out Friday, do it all day Saturday, and had to wake up pretty early in Eastern time to to make it back. Had that dreaded like I felt like I was going to sleep through my alarm for some reason, and I woke up like an hour and a half earlier, thinking I did, and then I was like so jacked up from it, and I couldn't go back to sleep. So yeah, my uh, <laughs> I'm running on on light fumes, so if I'm a little delusional, and, bear with me. And I and I mean I I can attest to the the lack of working weekends for you as well. I figure f- Fridays at 10 a.m. That's usually your your cutoff for most weekends. So I, anything beyond that, that's a that's a stretch for you. So. Hey, but if you know if anyone from from the company is listening, I still take phone calls on that on that golf course. Right? If I need to get an invoice in or I need to send a proposal, I'm still doing it you know, just the, the outbound efforts may be a little light on those, on those Fridays as I'm making the turn at lunchtime, but, uh, no, it's, uh, it's good. So anyway, yeah, it was a, a long weekend, but was able to catch some golf between, you know, my flight up in, up while I was chilling up in Salt Lake. So that was awesome. I missed all of it till pretty much today. So I'm excited to, to get into that. I was, that was a lot of fun watching it, but, uh, anyway, man, how was yours? I know you had a, uh, uh, you know, uh, competitive round that, that may be some noteworthy and some, some takeaways. We, we talked briefly over some audio messages, but, uh, would love to kind of unwrap that if, if you're willing. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So I, uh, this weekend up North, we had qualifier for the Utah mid-am championship. So, uh, the qualifier was, uh, just at a course up pre- pretty close to, to downtown Salt Lake by the University of Utah called Bonneville, uh, Bonneville Golf Course, and it's one of my one of my awesome. favorite courses, awesome. one of my favorite courses uh, in Utah for sure. So I was, I mean, one of the reasons I was excited to play. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good experience. <clears throat> so for the first time ever, I before a tournament round, I actually played a practice round the day before, trying to to simulate like as close to the conditions <laughs> as, as I could. So that was that was fun because what a lot of times when they have sort of a big tournament, what they'll do the day before is they'll spray paint a dot on the green where the pin is going to be the next day. And so, um, as I was playing the course, I was actually playing with Victor. He came up and he played in the qualifier as well. So we played our practice round together. And so we'd play, play out into the hole where it was cut. And then we'd wander around the green looking for the, the spray paint dot to, uh, dictate where the, the hole was going to be the next day and tried to hit some putts around that. So that was fun doing our homework there. And yeah, that was kind of, that was the first time I've really done something like that. And it just, I don't know, it made it feel kind of more like a legit tournament. So yeah, that was, that was sure. pretty exciting. And then uh, got there, got there nice and early the, the next day, day of the tournament, both Victor and I were lucky that we were in the morning wave and we got to tee off pretty early. So our, our rounds went, went pretty quick, but yeah, it was a, it was a fun round of golf. It, 
I hit the ball probably as well as I ever have in a competitive round. I hit the driver so well. Um, Love just that. deep, straight, found lots of fairways, gave myself a lot of good opportunities to attack pins. And I made, made four birdies, which I was pumped about, made a couple bogeys, which I mean, I knew there was going to be bogeys because it's a pretty hard course. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything was going really well. There was just looking back, there were three swings on three different holes that resulted in uh, a triple and two doubles. And so I mean, ultimately ended up shooting plus seven. And we, uh, Victor finished before me. And then I walked off the green having finished with the double. So I was pretty upset on that and decided, yeah, whatever. Seven over wasn't going to make a playoff or anything. So let's just get home, had stuff to do, obviously. And unfortunately, as I, as I got home and I started following the, the scoreboards a little bit online, the, the, the cut for the playoff kept getting higher and higher and higher. And eventually once that last group came in, uh, seven over would have been good enough for a playoff. And unfortunately I was nowhere near the course, but Saying all that, it was going to be a, an eight for one playoff is what it looked like. So, I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, I, it was a bummer not to be there for the playoff, but at the same time, like there were shots out there that I wish I would have rather have had back than trying to make a, an eight for one playoff where anything could have happened. And at that point, right, I would have been rushing back to the course and who knows, I don't even know. I don't even know what holes they would have had us play because by that point, the afternoon wave had gone off. So I don't know. I mean, saying all that, eh, it's bum not to make it, but like overall, I was really pumped with how I played. It's just frustrating to look back on it and just think that it wouldn't have been too hard to shave off a couple shots without like any stretch of the imagination. But I mean, mm-hmm. it was like confirmation that, I mean, the game was there. I felt like I, I hit the ball really well. I drove it really well under pressure, which has typically been my struggle in tournament play is get a little tight off the tee, Mm -hmm. find trouble off the tee, and then typically have a hard time kind of recovering from that. So to hit it, hit it as well as I did off the tee was, was really reassuring. So hopefully kind of keep that with me for the next couple of weeks because we've got, got another qualifier coming up the first week of June that we're, we're prepping for. So I don't know, but it, a lot of fun. The course was in amazing shape. The greens were really fast, really smooth. And I mean, weather was awesome. So all in all, it was a good experience, but it was yesterday was pretty rough. Just kind of having to, to sit with that, knowing what I'd left out there and kind of how much I'd wanted to qualify. So, but mm. it's golf, it's life. This is golf. Yeah. But that, that is, uh, <clears throat> that, that is a good sign, especially like, can attest to the the tightness off the tee uh, and having that magnified in in tournament settings. So be able to feel like you can swing freely, swing aggressively, you know, trust your line, not fear a miss. I think that's a that's a big indicator for some good things to come because it's tough if you're not if you're tight and feeling like you're trying to protect and do anything you can not to miss hit. You're ultimately gonna hit those miss hits, and you know it just puts a lot of pressure on the rest of your game, like your irons. You know, trying to make recovery shots and not hitting greens and regs, so it puts pressure on the putting to avoid bogeys. And so, 
Yeah, that's a that's good, man. That's I mean, I think that's a positive all in all to to take away for sure, and uh, for some good things to to come. So, yeah, man. Like I said, we'll we'll hopefully build on that. But yeah, your point, like the swinging freely. I think I started off on number one, and I hit the drive right down the middle, and it was pretty deep, and it was just crazy, kind of the tone that that set for. Yeah the round off the tee like it all came down really to that that one swing and so it's like man if i can just figure out a way to get comfortable off that first swing yeah. number one's tee how just sort of like so much pressure relieving that is by just hitting that one out there hitting it hitting it in play so yeah yeah <clears throat> no that is tough because and like thinking back because like, for competitive rounds at least for me it takes me to be honest the first first hole for sure a lot of the times like the second hole it is definitely like it's just muscle memory at that point being able to make contact like i'm i feel like i have no control over the ball where it's going what it's doing hopefully it finds the bottom of a cup and you know relatively low low amount of strokes but i have noticed though after that though it kind of does just kind of kind of settles you in and then for the rest you can at least i at least for myself i've been able to play a little bit more freely but yeah if you can unlock that sooner uh, the, you know, the sooner the better. So, but that's a lot easier said than, than done when it comes to actually teeing up. But these reps are, are awesome for you, man. I'm jealous. I haven't gotten any of that since, since our last round at the, at the state am that was my last competitive round, which has been a little bit. So just like this weekend epitomized it, man, it was, that was tough to, you know, have my, have, you know, have been signed up, had my tea time and having to, to send that email to, decline my my registration and request a refund that was that was tough and not even getting the full amount back so i'll consider that my donation to the uga for for the year um hopefully that will return in some some birdies maybe but anyway good on you man i and appreciate you sharing i know it's you know all things considered at least in my mind i think it's a a positive as far as and you some, can some takeaways you can attest to some of the panic I was experiencing leading up to the week. Cause it was Thursday afternoon. I think I sent you a, a <laughs> yeah. picture on the putting green where I yeah. had both my putters out yeah. and I had no idea which putter I was going to go with. So ended up going uh, with the backup putter and like, I, I mean, I missed some, some putts I'd like to have back, but like all in all, I, I putted pretty well. It felt more comfortable than I had sort of the, the last couple of weeks with the, the Scotty Cameron blade, I was a little uncomfortable or just didn't feel right. So I made the switch to the spider mallet and uh, felt like I, I putted pretty well, just kind of a, a nice reset. So it, I'm, I'm obviously going to go back to the Scotty Cameron at some point, but you've been, you've been a big advocate to having a, a backup putter just yeah. for kind of a change of feel and, and it makes a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all the, if, you know, listeners out there, if you find yourself in a, in a putting rut or you just feel like you can't, hit the ocean, man. I, I would recommend, yeah, changing, changing it up. And yeah, for me, that that's a perfect example of going from a blade putter to a mallet putter, just getting yeah, a change of scenery because putting is just so personalized and it's so much like off of feel, at least in my eyes. Like if I'm trying to make a putting stroke, I literally two footers feel like seven footers and it's just not fun. <clears throat> so if you can kind of feel it out more, and yeah, if you're just in a rut, you just switch it up, man. Just get a new change of scenery, change of view. And sometimes that's, that's all, all you need. So it yeah, warms it my can, heart to find that yeah. you're, you're taking that and, and 
making some applications. That's and that and that can come a lot of different ways too. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously, you don't have to have the means to to go buy a whole another putter. That, that can be <laughs> an excessive. But if if you know anyone that knows Devin and I, like that's that's just kind of our go to with golf, right? But like you can do things like changing your grip, right? Like if yeah. you're a traditional grip, like maybe yeah, try going opposite, like yeah, left hand yeah. low or even just putting a new grip on your putter, that's a pretty cheap option to change things up. Yeah. Uh, I know you, you kind of have gone back and forth where you look at the hole when you putt. Yeah. So just doing things to try to change really how you're viewing or looking at the putt. And it's, it putting is one of those things where you can do a bunch of different things, right? Like you don't have to, the time, like timing's not as big of a deal, like with your full swing, it's really a hundred percent all fill. And yeah. so the best way to be improve or feel more comfortable is like just change things up until it feels right. And yep. chances are, if it feels right, you're going to hit good putts. Yep. And like with anything else, it's, it's not the, the sexiest thing to, to practice, but it does say, you know, it's a funny correlation. Each time I find myself at the putting green being intentional about my practice you know, yeah, the timing, I don't know what the timing looks like, but it does seem like it always kind of comes around and I start making more putts than, than I am normally making, or at least putting good strokes on it. Cause again, you can't, can't make everything, but you know, when you've hit a good putt and it just happens to maybe hit a, you know, a little something on the green or whatever it is. But anyway, so a little, uh, some putting lows cause we can all empathize there. That's, that's for sure. So um, I will um, yeah. one more interesting thing too on the tournament. So uh, this guy I played with, he ended up qualifying um, and it was like a pretty cool perseverance story. Cause he shot six over on the front nine and then ended up shooting one under on the back nine to, to no. qualify pretty easily. And it was one of those players where he was just pretty solid. Right. I, I bet I hit it not not trying to brag in any sense away because i don't i would don't consider myself like a super super long off the tee but i was easy 30 to 40 yards longer than him off the tee pretty consistently and i mean he just his he was so good at chipping he he got up and down probably six seven or eight times Jeez. for par chipping and like to put it in a context i missed I missed four or five greens and I didn't get up and down once. Right. So it's like, there's the bread and butter right there. Uh, he just kept it in play. Didn't have any huge, didn't have any big numbers. It was just six bogeys and a birdie. I'm pretty sure is what he did. So just keeping it in play, knowing his game and just being able to get up and down. And it's amazing what you can do with the score. Uh, sometimes it's, I know I'm always striving for distance, but I mean, sometimes that brings, trouble into play and if you're kind of disregarding other aspects of the game then you get those big numbers will come out and bite you yeah yeah that's that's true and that's again as is golf like it it's funny how you know someone who yeah it may seem like they're kind of just slapping it around but if they they manage to make some more putts get up and down it's that will ultimately save the score all day every day you know if you can make more putts than yeah, it doesn't matter if you, if you if you bomb it down the middle if if you're not finding the bottom of the cup. So, yeah, man, that's just yeah, perfect. Just the epitome of of golf, particularly with yeah, competitive golf and just trying to stay within yourself. And 
not not think too too much about that. I, i'm curious like as far just last thing on that um you know we last couple of weeks it seems like we not on you know a mental high or a mental game kick or whatever you may call it because i think you know we're both you know pretty uh aware of that and it's something we, we think about often but how would you say your your head was you know through like say the day before you know that maybe the night before and then leading up into that that first year or throughout the round do you find yourself with you know making any mental you know victories or defeats yeah it's, it's funny you mentioned that because i i haven't really thought about this the last day or so but um, like leading up to it. So Friday at the practice round, I played pretty well. I hit the ball well. And so I was pretty excited going to bed and it was weird. Um, waking up the next morning, I woke up super nervous, which is mm -hmm. weird. Cause I'm never, I don't know. Like I wouldn't consider like, I don't really get nervous around tournaments. I guess it more, it'd probably be more of like dreading like scores I'm going to shoot or whatever. But like this time it, it felt like nervous or whatever it was odd. It was kind of a, a weird feeling for me and hmm. kind of felt like that on the drive up and, and the driving range at Bonneville is not great. And I wasn't really trying to hit balls anyway. I just hit a couple of wedges. So I didn't, didn't have a really any full swings in me leading up to the first tee. And mm -hmm. I remember I was third, I was the last to hit in our group and so I called my name and I walked up to the tee and it just felt a little off and I took a practice swing and I remember setting the club behind the ball, getting ready to swing. And it was, it was weird. Like I stopped myself and told myself like, I'm, I'm, this is fun. To me. I want to have fun. I love this golf course. It's a nice day. I'm playing golf on a Saturday. I've been loving my driver lately. Like this is going to be fun. And I almost like kind of smiled to myself, like right mm -hmm. before I swung and it was a really good swing and I, I piped it and it was, it was interesting. I've never really done that because mm -hmm. you, you don't really do it when you're playing for fun, but even in a tournament, I've never really like stopped and like mentally told myself, okay, like this is going to be fun. Are you going to hit this? Well, yeah. And I did it there and it worked and yeah, it just, like I said, mentioned earlier, it just really set the tone. And so I, I'd say like mentally I was, I was pretty strong throughout the day for me, especially because I, I do think I have a tendency to get down on myself and, really kept pretty well throughout the day. I got uh, like midway through the round, I dropped. I started to bleed out a little bit, kind of on holes 13 and 14. I made a double bogey to drop to five over. And then I made a bogey to bogey on seven to drop down to six over. So at that point I, I was kind of in a little bit of a lull. Um, and I got to eight, hit a pretty good tee shot and got up to my approach shot and just, just kind of thought came out of nowhere. It's like, Hey, I, why can't I make birdie here? And I hit a, a shot up to the green and left myself like this little 15 footer kind of straight downhill, little left to right birdie putt. And just for some reason, I thought pops back in, like, I mean, I think I can make this putt. Why not? And hit it right on my line. And it went in just perfect speed, perfect line perfect everything just right in the center of the cup and it's like oh, found myself back at five over so it was one of those where it's like I had some I would consider them mental wins that yeah I think yielded out on on some shots and then you know obviously walking off the last hole I was, I was pretty bummed with with the double and a lot of the frustration was 
I mean, the whole, the finishing hole I was on is a super extreme, like three tiered green. And they had the pin on the top shelf and there was no landing room. And I, I'd missed my tee shot left and hit what I thought was a good chip shot that went all the way up to the back edge of the green where I, I knew I had to go. And it still, the ball still ended up rolling all the way back down to the front. And so at that point it was like an impossible putt and, you know, a lot, a lot of things kind of going against me. So I, I was upset at, I think at the hole there. And then that was when I got upset at some of the stupid mistake, the couple of mistakes I had earlier in the round too. So it kind of all culminated. So the last hole I walked off pretty upset. So, I mean, for all the good I did during the round, I kind of, I would say I undid it probably coming off the hole or coming off the course. Victor can attest to that too. He watched, he watched my little fit live after he finished his round, but well, and the, the I mean, funny thing is I was on the phone with him. Yeah, he was telling yeah, he me that, yeah. me I, I walked out. It was like perfect timing. Literally, I just walked out of the reception area and get a phone call from Victor. And I'm just like, oh, that was perfect timing. And then, yeah, he was giving me the play-by-play. Um, but were you going to add something to that before I? Oh, yeah. No, I'd say like I mean, during the round, felt pretty good. Not too, not super proud of, of how I walked off of the, the course, but try to stay with the positives and yeah. I mean there were more positives during the round because I mean more often than not I've had a couple bad holes early in the round and then just never been able to to lock back in so yeah I don't know I think that's a good those are awesome takeaways and even more just another you know take on on the winning side of, of some takeaways there at least from my perspective knowing you knowing your game all of that I think this is a I think this is a really good win because and to give context like that golf course is not easy, especially that finishing hole, but you know, there's some really good players that shot a lot higher than, than that. So I think there's, there's something to be said there. Um, but those little tiny victory, I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously not going to work every time, like having a, a positive thought. Um, and it's something that uh, I don't know. I'm a big advocate of, of trying to to have that or or to have you know something on on repeat or like a default you know mind thought that we've kind of talked about um but it's pretty incredible how that will really increase your chances of hitting a better shot just by having those simple swing thoughts like yeah this is enjoyable this is fun um and it is easy you know in a competitive round to get a little too serious and it kind of takes the fun out of it in a way, if say, if you don't qualify or if you don't play well or have a big number, whatever it is. Um, so I think that's, you know, I think that that is awesome. And I think there's some, something to be said there with, you know, you making a putt when you feel like you, Hey, I, why can't I make this putt? Like this is, I'm, I love golf. I'm, I'm good at golf. So, you know, why not me? And, and it yielded some, some good results. So I think that, yeah, I think that's uh that's awesome. And some good, uh, some good takeaways for, for the mental side. So good on you, man. Baby, baby steps. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's, uh, and, you know, and it, really playing in those competitive rounds, it really gives some, some really good perspective of how good the professional golfers are. Like it is seriously, Unbelievable. And I don't know. So I mean, let's go there. Let's go to the, the tournament this week, at and I like, I don't know. I found myself thinking the golf course, like, I don't know. I feel like there's probably better courses they could go to, to have 26 under as, as you know, the winning number was like, eh. but I also like with what I was able to watch, 
like because when i saw okay sebastian when shot like what like a 60 on the first day it's like oh my gosh like what like and then he follows up with another good round and everyone's going super low and without having to watch it i was like eh, that's kind of that's kind of, sounds like just a putting contest and a, a birdie fest which i typically don't love both watching and playing that type of golf but then when i actually started to watch like there were some some cool holes um some interesting pin locations that made it pretty engaging and then obviously you know on sunday being able to watch speed and contention was was pretty engaging but i was curious your thoughts on on the golf course and just the tournament in general uh and you know it was it it was good and it came down to you know some had some some drama to it and kh lee just a back-to-back winner so pretty pretty impressive what were your thoughts man yeah i mean definitely with you on kind of the birdie fest as far as my interest in in watching it not i don't love it for sure but to your point about some of the holes and like the course in general it's still i think it rates out at like a a 76 or whatever still so it's like it's a challenging course from the tips and so what and what these guys are able to do just not just this week just week in and week out it really is insane to me where it's like I would be probably pretty happy to I mean realistically I'd be pumped to break probably break 82 83 84 maybe I would like if I like I'd probably set a goal to shoot 80 from their tees the course conditions they played today that'd probably be my goal and KH Lee shot 63 so basically he like I'd be giving him, he'd be, he would probably have to give me a shot a hole at least. Right. And it's like, we're, we're, a, we're pretty above average golfers. And so it's just so night and day, these guys, it's, it's, it's hard to appreciate just how good they are really. Cause it's, this is just what they do week in and week out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so, it really is pretty impressive. Um, but as a whole, like tournament wise, to me, the whole thing kind of just felt like a, almost like a, a week-long pro-am or a week-long practice <laughs> round kind of leading up to the major, right? Well, Where it's for, like for next week. Yeah, it's like it almost like didn't really feel too much like a golf tournament at some points, right? I'm sure no one's out there. Obviously, people are trying to win the tournament, right? But I think everyone's eyes are kind of on next week and even i feel like with the way they set up the tournament this week right they did i don't feel like they made guys grind it out too much the weather the weather was really good and the course it's a pretty not a super stressful course to play right wide fairways pretty big soft receptive greens a lot of scoring opportunities the greens are rolling really well so not a lot of like craziness in the greens either um but saying that right Anytime, what was the winning score? 26 under. 26. Like that's it's pretty impressive. And at one point that I was watching today, I think there were 16 guys within two or three shots yeah, that was, on the front yeah. nine. So that's awesome. like, and there was a lot of big names, right? Like Justin Thomas was up there. Hideki was up there. Um, Spieth obviously was up there as well. Um, so a lot of good players, a lot of guys that, pretty excited with the way they played kind of leading into the PGA championship. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those as like a golf fan, like, okay, if, had I not watched anything this week, 
I wouldn't feel like I missed anything or yeah. if the tournament didn't exist, like I, w- I wouldn't be too upset, but yeah. 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 And I think to that, like, again, I've said it a couple of times, but it just, it just does seem like the PGA tour schedule is just super bloated. And if this is one, like if we didn't like, yeah, like if you were to watch it or not really wouldn't have made a difference, but I do feel like if there wasn't a golf tournament this weekend, this upcoming weekend of the major would be a little bit, you would anticipate it a little bit more like knowing you didn't have golf the week before kind of thirsting that. Cause I just find myself naturally come, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, if I'm, you know, flipping through, if I'm watching any TV or whatever, like I do just naturally default to the golf channel to kind of see and watch and just get my juices flowing for wanting to go out and play myself. But like it's it's like if I didn't have that, then I would be thirsting for more. But yeah, like I'd dev probably a, a snoozer to turn that on Friday afternoon and watch that golf tournament. Like unless you are just an absolute diehard golf fan, casual fan, it ain't ain't doing that, and it's not doing anybody any favors. So I don't know, but I do like it was cool today to have such a a loaded and stacked uh leaderboard because you know like it, it was going to come down to the wire for sure and it was crazy to think like who was going to do it and then xander made a, a late run with a crazy good round and so yeah all in all i thought it was it was entertaining for the last hour like i really enjoyed that that last hour to watch watch speed like and kh lee his his par his up and down on 17 unbelievable like that was just yeah I, that was just so cool yeah and yeah so tell- con- con- yeah i was just gonna say context for that one so that was the one where he hit it it wasn't into the bunker it was basically on the edge of the grass right above the bunker so he spent probably two or three minutes they're, they're gonna trying need to come up with a stance fix- yeah they're gonna need a backhoe to fix that bunker i mean he the was- ball where it was lying, it was basically with how deep the bunker was and where the ball was at. The ball was pretty much at his, almost at his waist. Yeah, his his hands were basically mid shaft. Like, yeah, he had and to so choke he's, up that much. And he's trying to find himself a stance in super nope. fine sand that's just giving away. Yeah, and no green to work with. The green's right in the front. You know, like the pin is right there um going away from him too green yeah. going away from him yeah and and something else that kind of caught my eyes i was able to like see a couple i don't know if you're able to see much of like the spectators reactions obviously i'm sure being there in person provides way more context to just the vibe and the feel of how gung-ho people were for specifically speed in this instance like you know everyone is going for the 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 hometown boy and the the AT&T ambassador. I mean, the, he looked like a freaking walking AT&T ad. Like the shirt was terrible per usual. I'd love to love to talk to his, uh, to his stylist or his options there at Under Armour. Cause some of them were, they're bad, but anyway, like it was interesting to see, like I saw when one, like he, so he kind of like chipped it out and it kind of like felt like some of the people were like cheering, like they were pumped because it was not an easy pot. I, mean, I don't know what the length was, but it was not easy, kind of a left to right breaker. And then like seeing the reaction of in slow-mo when he made it, people's faces of like, nobody was really cheering. It was kind of like, oh, like no way. Like people were disappointed. So 
like all the, to be able to handle that and and do all that battling speed and in the group behind you when he's on the tee watching and he knows that like so giving all that context super impressive to to pull it off and and then that that i don't know what that was like a five wood that he hit into 18 really yeah. good shot and left the eagle putt right in the heart yeah. but yeah and then yeah. you know just a, a good a really solid birdie to win and so I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it. He shot, he shot 63 today. Right. So he definitely went out and took the tournament for sure. Yes. It was not, wasn't given to him. And, and like I said, yeah, speed played really good too. The putt on 17 was kind of like, man, like got to give that one a chance. Hit a little harder. Yeah. Cause he hit a really good shot in there. Yeah. But, and that shot into 18 was that I thought the, when it, when the first bounce hit, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's going to hit right on the backside of the bunker land soft enough in the fringe and then just trickle up to like eight feet and just died like it absolutely just died i think the wind in his face kind of killed it and it just just landed and stopped which was which was crazy but you know made birdie but wasn't wasn't enough so i don't know but good tournament for the last hour i'll say that's that's pretty much it but yeah yeah it's a fair assessment i think Last little note on that. I think three there are three sixty ones or better this week. Please. <laughs> yeah. That's... Xander Xander was twenty six under over his last forty nine holes. That's crazy. He's he is vibing right now, which yeah. you know might be a hot a hot pick for, for next week for, for someone. But... Stay stay tuned. He may be getting picked. <laughs> anything else though man on the on on the tournament or any any takeaways on on this Uh, weekend yeah i just i am kind of ripping this one off the some of the stuff i saw from the no laying up guys but one of them mentioned like i mean do we really need all these tournament these texas tournaments right can we find some other cities to host some tournaments in and i think well not the worst idea in the world i mean i know texas is huge and like dallas is a lot different from austin right each city is kind of its own state but i don't know sometimes it would be nice to to get just exposure to more courses and i know i mean there's so much that goes into it right with corporate money and sponsorships and tv and all this stuff but Mm -hmm. i don't know i feel like some tournaments would be nice to have like like the byron nelson for example what if they were on like a rotating like six or seven course kind of thing, right? So every five or six years, Craig Ranch is hosting it, right? But next year, maybe it's somewhere different, right? I, I don't know. I, sometimes I think it'd be nice just to, to see some some other courses that might not play out like some of, like this one does, right? Where it's just a birdie fest. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a, interesting. I don't really kind of heard that day, but I do, th- I I. I totally agree. And it is funny, like these, like other tournaments in towns or in cities that you don't really think of as like big golf places, they kind of, at least they stick with me. Like I, you know, rocket mortgage, it's like, you know, like, at least for me, it's like Detroit, which you wouldn't think really would host a PGA tournament and like these different courses and like playing in Memphis and I don't know, just other places that at least I don't think of as like big golf towns or big golf places, yeah, I think that would be, would be good. And I'm sure it's, I know it's good for, you know, all the charity and all the local communities and how that money is divvied up and, 
and donated. I know they do a lot of good each week, um, but I don't think, you know, McKinney, Texas is, is hurting too bad as, as you saw some of those houses that we've, uh, we've touched those doors and uh, yeah, they weren't interested. So anyway, that's a, that is a good take. Anything else from them though, or like any other thoughts on kind of the, I don't Cause my take is always like, I feel like I'm just a broken record. I just, I, I, I love to watch golf as much as the next guy, but I just feel like the best way to build up the anticipation is just maybe not having it you know, 52 tournaments a year, but. Yeah. And I, uh, I mean, to that point, I was, I was thinking as you, as you were talking about that, I was like, Oh, what, what could you do differently? And I just had the thought of like, okay, maybe the week before major, you don't have a PGA tour event. Right. And like, could we get some more like practice round stuff for these guys playing at the major venue? Like I was more interested on Twitter today and following Tiger Woods playing his practice round at Southern Hills, right? Like watching him hit shots or mm-hmm. play around the course. Like, is there a way to, to mo- monetize is the wrong word, but like, is there a way to get some of that on, onto a broadcast to, mm-hmm. to watch kind of some behind the scenes of guys prepping for a major and actually being at the course and hitting a lot of different kinds of shots or even like, I know during kind of the, the, peak of the pandemic where they shut down some tournaments they did there was like a couple of charity match plays right where a couple of pros like carried their own bags and played 18 holes and had like a match and was pretty casual right yep. like little things like that you could do around major week or whatever to just kind of i don't know because i'm with you I, I don't know if i need all the tournaments that we get and yeah it'd be nice to change up some of the content we get. Yeah. And that's exactly that. As soon as you were talking, that was the first thing that came to my mind was, yeah, I remember the first couple of tournaments, they'd pick two, they'd pick a foursome, they'd mic them up, they'd play nine holes in these, you know, if it was a best ball or even like a stable for just trying to change up the format. Um, again, keep it light, keep it low key, but you know, mic them up. And I feel like they could, it was a really cool concept. Like at, at first, because it was so new, like I just, I remember the one and I, I it was like Kevin, Na, Max Homa, Bryson, and someone else was with him. And I just remember it, it was chaos because everyone was mic'd up and they were having different conversations and you were kind of picking them up both at the same time. And it was, it was just like word vomit. But like outside of that, which is easily something that they could, after week two, they could tinker with that, fix it, and it would be no big deal. But it was super insightful. And like, I I really, like, I still remember that. And that was, that was a long time ago, but I still remember some of the things that like Max was talking about. And then Bryson brought up some insight on the golf course. Uh, and I can't remember what course it was. Maybe it was like Olympic club or, or some, somewhere else, but he kind of talked about he brought up some experiences that he had as an amateur and like and he kind of you know shed some light on that so i don't know i just thought it was super interesting and it really was way more engaging than you know what we witnessed this week so i don't know it's just it's interesting to me that and maybe it's just the biased content we consume but it just is wild to me that with all the stuff that the pga tour has the resources and you know frankly some of like the threads that are coming are just like they're just they don't seem all that urgent to you know make changes or do something different and maybe it's because they just don't have anything to you know 
gain, but they have a lot to lose. So maybe they're just, I really don't know, but again, I, I side with you on that, that there definitely could be something different, but no, that's why we're working regular nine to fives. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and just talking and, crap. <laughs> and then, and then until anything does happen, we will continue to watch these travelers, ATTs. Yeah. You name random sponsors. We'll yeah. we'll watch them. We'll, we'll watch, watch them week in and week out. But luckily, luckily this week we got a, a different one, right? We've we've got a major, so should be hopefully a little more exciting, kind of all week. Um, at a interesting venue too and playing in oklahoma and of course that i don't know a ton about southern hills it's hosted it's hosted u.s opens and pga championships in the past and i was reading a little bit about it just some of the previous events and typically it's these events played here have been in the middle of the summer and typically it's really hot right i think the last major they had here was like up over 100 degrees or something every day of the week so it was super hot um summer grasses were a little different but this year the tournament's earlier in the year so it's going to be a lot cooler and i think this week it's actually going to be unseasonably cold and the wind is supposed to whip pretty good so Mm. i think the course is going to play a little differently than it has just from a weather condition standpoint Um, and then the other thing that's going to be different is since the last tournament it hosted it's gone through a, a pretty extensive like overhaul i don't want to call it like redesign a lot of it was just sort of restoring it to like a restoration right yeah because a a lot of times so the golf course is 80 plus years old a lot of times a golf course is what will happen is trees will grow in right your fairways will get narrower your bunkers tend to shrink as well just got over time like i mean it's just how grass works right so that's kind of the as is common with restoration, usually people come in, they'll take down lots of trees, add in the bunkering. So that's, that's a lot of what they did. I think they made, made the landing zones a lot wider, got rid of a lot of trees, but added just a ton more bunkering and tried to restore some of the bunker shapes around the green and restore some of the original character of the green. So um, I think it's going to, you, we were talking uh, before we jumped online but you're talking how almost has kind of some augusta vibes to it right where a lot of the the nuance comes sort of around the greens and, and hitting it in the, the second shot yeah that was something that because same thing like i don't remember anything about southern hills and i think the last time it was held there i believe tiger won right i, I don't know if that was it was it a u.s open i don't know if it was pga i don't know it was before kind of my time with golf so i don't i don't know anything about the course So I was, you know, wanting to kind of learn a little bit and it did seem like from the resources that I was pulling from that apparently, you know, these guys know the course pretty well, Um, but they were saying, yeah, that it was very Augusta-like and the topography and the nuances on the greens, the undulation, the changes and all of that is very much, you know, a lot of tight lies around the greens, like they shave it all down. It's not just thick, rough right off the fringe, like it's you know, which I think is way more entertaining and fun to, to view and, and requires a lot more precision than just, all right, take out 60, open the face and treat it like an easy bunker shot. Like this is going to, you know, add some, some challenge. So yeah, it's, you know, 
going to bias some picks obviously for me, but I still, I, I really am really excited. And I did just see like, just before we were, we were jumping on, there was a video from Andy Johnson from the Friday who he actually goes and it's like a, like an 18 minute video, but he goes in, I think he has an interview with the, um, the current superintendent, I think, I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. I just saw it on my like suggestion on my YouTube thing and I flagged it to, to watch it. So I wish I would have watched it before, but I am excited to kind of learn a, a little bit more about that and just get me a little bit more excited for, for the tournament. Cause coming in pretty, pretty ignorant when it comes to, to Southern Hills, but I don't know. And people it's... love it. Right. Scotty Scheffler says it's his favorite, like his favorite golf course. And he just, I think in one of his practice rounds shot like a 64 and you know, it's guys are guys love the golf course, which says a lot. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think, I mean, typically the PGA championship is usually scores come in a little lower, right? It doesn't, they don't set it up like a U.S. open right, right where they're trying to protect par quote unquote. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but saying that, like, I, I don't think you're going to see, I mean, I might eat my words, but I don't think you're going to see 18, 19 under win it, right? Just because it, it's, it's a par 70 only, and it's like 7,600 yards. And so oh, wow. there's only two only two par fives. So oh. like, just from a, a scoring standpoint, like you're probably not going to go like super deep in relation to par just because it is a par 70 and it is long. But I mean, especially with the winds projected to be what they are, I, I do think we should have a pretty interesting tournament, right? Be, with the combination of having to be creative to, to around some of these greens with the wind forcing even more creativity. I think it should make for some pretty good viewing, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I really am. I'm, I'm excited because this one kind of seems like, I think for most golfers, if you rate the majors, I don't know, I would say that this one probably falls at the bottom of the four, but it still is like a really, I mean, it is a major and, you know, it, it definitely warrants that. And, and it's kind of interesting to see, yeah, like you had kind of mentioned that the timing of the tournament has changed, you know, with, as they shuffled all that stuff and moved some stuff up, which definitely enhances like, and we're going to see that this weekend. Uh, I think there's, you know, what the wind is going to howl and that's going to make it a little bit tougher, but I am still excited. I, I don't know. I'm curious your thoughts on, I guess the, the tournament as a cell, like as a whole and that, where it kind of ranks on your major scale. Um, and also I got to ask, man, I have to ask, I, I don't know if this is just my excitement for the, uh, that the Alan Shipnook, uh, Phil book that's coming out. I already pre-ordered it on the 17th. I'm jacked. The fact that Phil Mickelson is not playing, he's not defending, like, kind of blows my mind but it, like at the same time as i think about it I was like not surprised like maybe if he would have come out and played like this weekend like definitely but him not was kind of a sign but what are your thoughts then did you i mean does that even your personal opinion are you just kind of like done with the whole feel thing because for whatever reason dude i i don't know if it is just him repeating the win like it's still hard for me to fathom that he is the defending champ like it just blows my mind so I'm kind of fixated on him right now, but, uh, you got any thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I really, I really don't know what to think about Phil. I, I listened to 
the Alan Chipnut guy, he was on a podcast with the No Laying Up guys and they were going through his book and he was sharing a bunch of excerpts. So I'm excited about that book as well. Um, but yeah, I, it's funny after listening to that and just reading more about Phil, like, I, I really don't know what to think. Like I, like there's, there's still, I think there is a lot to like about Phil, right? Like he does seem like, like the thumbs up and like engaging with the crowd and all that. Like the more I think about it, it's hard for me to think that that was all just an act. Like I genuinely think he's yeah. like kind of a jovial, likes to have fun, but I just, I think where I've settled on, he's just, he's, he, like, and Alan was, they were talking about this in an interview, but just, he's an adrenaline junkie and he's using, he's used like gambling to fill that need, right? And it's just, I don't know. It's one of those, like, does he just not have any more friends on tour that he just doesn't feel like he can play in PGA tournaments at this moment or? does he not feel like he has the game because he just hasn't been able to practice for the last six months because he's been in hiding? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. But the fact that the fact that the defending champion is not going to play, especially if he goes ahead and tees it up in the Saudi league in a couple of weeks, yeah. to me, I think that would be even more damning. Right? Yeah. Like hundred percent agree there. It just, but that's what makes it so compelling. Like, the fact that this guy who was honestly like top five golfers of all time, like, yeah, he had a lot of seconds, but he has won so much, has a lot of majors. Like it, it it's pretty incredible how many times he's contended. Like it really is amazing. So beside that, take all that out of it, but it's like all that he has said and done and has been pretty good at, you know, hiding that image to the, to the mainstream public, like, the very recreational golf fans know Phil is the, you know, the kind of the chubby, nice guy. And who unfortunately just got beat by this machine, Tiger Woods and, you know, peaked at the wrong, you know, just got on tour at the wrong time. And it's just like, yeah, but there's so much more to it. And as you learn a little bit more, you just, yeah, you get super, especially when, you know, you throw these, you know, these scandals with insider trading that all really stems from, you know, just these, gambling addictions it's just so i don't know man there's just something about him he's like so endearing but he's also like you just yeah he really is just kind of a kind of a dirtbag in other ways and it's just like how can you describe someone with those adjectives but he did he epitomizes them all so it's just i don't know i'm just super fascinated with him and it just blows my mind that he reached the pinnacle last year not even 12 months ago and he was just at the top of the world and now is hated by a lot of people and specifically people on tour these young stars that i'm sure looked up to him at some point now i'll kind of drag this name through the mud and it's just i don't know man it is just wild to think that this is where we are with phil mickelson i don't know but and i've always just kind of liked him too so maybe it's like my you know my natural self wants to kind of justify and just pull for him and try to side on the more forgiving side of things but i don't know it's just it just blows my mind so i don't know when we'll see him or what that will be but man i just i don't know just hard to hard to believe this is where we're at also hard to believe that once again tigers teeing it up in the field so yeah. we get we get at least see two more rounds of the big cats so yeah. i'm sure 
that'll be fun as well. So. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm curious how, how this will be. Like I said, like, I, I don't know the lay of, of the, the land as far as if it's a difficult walk. Like I said, I know the greens and some of the things are very similar to Augusta, which will make it, you know, pretty taxing, but as far as like getting from T to green, what that looks like, I, I, I really don't, I don't know, but I think if the weather, we know it looks like the wind is going to blow, but it, I don't know if, if the, if the weather sides on the warmer side, obviously I think that favors him. Obviously like, you know, if it's cold and if it's windy, I just, I don't think he stands a chance, but if it's warm, I mean, I don't know who knows. So that'll also be interesting. Yeah. Hey, my thought is, is if the course, if it plays really long, I just think he's going to have a hard time. Yeah, for sure. That's competing ultimately. Cause I, I just think that the leg injury, I, the swing looks good and I think he's able to get around. I just don't think he's got the length anymore, which is kind of yeah. wild to think about, but at the same time, Tiger, he's been around forever. So he was always going to lose length as is just cause he's getting older. But the fact that he had the traumatic lower body injury that he did is mm-hmm. going to sap him of some distance. Right. So now he's yeah. probably kind of average distance, yeah. I would say on tour. And it was just, I mean, seeing him walk off Augusta on that Sunday, homeboy was hurting, man. Like, it was tough to watch there for a little bit where I'm just like, dude, this guy needs to get off the course, pop some serious painkillers, and get in an ice bath ASAP. But hopefully not not too heavy of painkillers. Yes, yeah, just some, you know, a a lot of Advil. (laughs) Yeah, that, that was only at this point, but that was only five weeks ago, right? So it's like, has he is he physically that much better? But there have been, I'm not gonna lie, like rumblings, if not rumblings, but reports are coming out that like Tiger's he's even more upbeat this week. He's saying he's a mm-hmm. lot stronger and he looks stronger. Like his arms are freaking jacked. Yeah, it seriously is so impressive. Like the guy oh. has kept that shape. It just yeah. I I just awesome. I think where I'm at with tiger is I, I just want everything to kind of work toward St. Andrews, right? If he could yeah. somehow make a magical run and compete at St. Andrews. Yeah. That would be the pinnacle for, for sure. summer golf to me. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm excited for that. Does Even he make me. the cut? Does he make the cut this week? No, I don't think so. I, 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 and I don't feel as, I don't feel as bad saying no to this. Um, as I did for for the Masters. If he does, I'll post another clip of me hitting a terrible golf shot and and apologies. But yeah, I don't know, man. I just I don't think he does. But I I don't know. Which yeah, no, I'm not gonna dig myself anymore. I'm just gonna keep it simple with I I I don't think he does. I'm assuming yeah. you think he does. No, I if if I had to pick, I would I would lean no. I think. Uh, stronger just from a field perspective it's a deeper field probably a harder cut to make even with sort of the the pga professionals in the field yeah i think it's a a harder cut to make i think i mean obviously he doesn't he's won at this course but it's a lot different it's not like he's played it every year so i think a lot of those things i would imagine he struggles a little bit around the greens so i i would say no to him making the cut yeah, I, I, you know, 
I'm, I'm glad I'm not the, the only one. I just, again, I hate to come off as a tiger hater because it's just not who I am, but I've, I've said some things and I've been, <laughs> I've been misbranded as such, but yeah, you know, I'll plead my case another time. Uh, but to you, just real quick, you were talking about the, you know, that's kind of a unique thing with this major, you know, the, the PGA, you know, allowing the, the, the local pros and those, those PGA club pros to come in and qualify. They have their tournament. So 20 of them come in, they qualify and they're able to, to play amongst the, the tour players, which is, which is really cool. Honestly, I do think, you know, they do show it briefly. Um, and this is the, something that I saw from this, um, KVV it's Kevin Van Valkenburg. He's for ESPN. And he, he talked about this a little bit and his idea was to get way more coverage on that. And it resonated pretty well with me just because I think we all know our like local club pros. And it's just kind of crazy to think like, yeah, these guys have the opportunity to, to get in and, and play in this major, which is nuts. But also it's like, you know, given that context, it is very relative to what kind of club pro club pro they are because we all know the club pros that play golf once a year in their local like little charity tournament when they're kind of forced to go out and play and then there's others that are playing a ton and are in competitive rounds playing in latin america events and doing all sorts of stuff to kind of gear up and this is kind of their pinnacle um so I would, I would like more coverage on those guys and kind of their true bios and how much golf they actually play and just kind of what that looks like just to kind of give some context to really how impressive that is. Not only one to solidify just how good the tour pros are, but also the fact that, you know, these, these club pros that manage, you know, corporate scramble tournaments, do payroll and fold polos all day can, you know, also come out and, and play in it, which I think, I think would just be a cool story and just pretty relatable and, you know, how they, they cover that. I'm not too sure, but I do think having more insight on that would be, would be engaging throughout the broadcast, but. Yeah, no, I'm definitely with you, with you there. And I'm just scrolling through the, the list of the 20 guys that, that qualified this year. So eight of them have played in the PGA championship before. So eight of them have qualified before. And then there's 12 that are actually making their uh, PGA championship debut. So I, I think that, that's pretty cool, right? Cause there's a lot of like, to your point, there's, there's a lot more people that are professional golfers, I think than maybe the everyday or average person kind of realizes, right? Mm -hmm. Like everybody for the most part at every golf course in America, there's, two if not three certified professional golfers right yeah. and and all of them kind of various degrees of, of how much they play right there's guys that are are playing tournaments weekly other side of the spectrum like you mentioned guys that don't really play there's guys that are more lesson focused that teach more lessons than play so there's all sorts of of pga professionals in the ranking so it's kind of cool to see like and that, but like all of those guys at some point, right, obviously were passionate enough about golf to make it their career and mm -hmm. I'd say more, more than not had playing aspirations, right? Like playing yeah. to earn money, play to earn a living. And so it's cool to see uh, these guys kind of realize their dreams, right? They get to play in a major with the best players in the world and kind of see how they stack up. So that, that is a cool kind of a cool feature of of the pga championship and i 
I don't know. I, I think I like something like that maybe a little more than some of the other majors that might open it up for like more amateurs per se, or whatever, yeah. if that makes sense. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I think this is pretty cool. Yeah. Do you think it's more jarring for those guys to, to play with the, the tour pros or, or more frustrating for the tour players having to play with the, the club pros? Uh, I would say, I would definitely say jarring for the PGA professional get to play with the pros that they watch on TV. Cause I mean, I think the other thing we got to remember about PGA tour players is week in and week out, they have to play in pro-ams. Yeah. And so they, they're having to play with some pretty awful golfers <laughs> and it's slow and whatnot. So at least the PGA professionals obviously understand golf etiquette and understand not to get in the way and, and keep uh-huh. things moving. So, yeah. Uh, but that's is a that is a good question for sure. It just yeah, I just wanted to kind of think of like some little muni pro from Nebraska playing with you know some of these playing with Scotty Scheffler like just be shut. But I'm sure yeah, they, I, they wouldn't do that to him. But of yeah. of of the twenty guys, I would say well, I actually don't know. Just scrolling through the list of some of the clubs they're from, I they're surprisingly like i was thought oh they're all just from prestigious high-end country clubs but really there's might not there's not a ton like i'm seeing a few country clubs but a lot of them from like golf clubs not necessarily like elite yeah wealthy country clubs so i think they kind of come from all over so i mean i think of at one of the courses i worked at the pro he he's had the opportunity to play in the tournament to try to qualify for Mm -hmm. the pga championship before and i mean like I was kind of wild to think he's coming from this, this small course in Utah, right? But he's made it through the local qualifier and got to play in the the yeah. national qualifier. So yeah, I think they, they come from all all sorts of courses. So yeah, yeah, I think it's just really cool and, and engaging because you know at, at one point in time in my life where I thought that you know being a a club pro would you know to teach lessons and do all that stuff would be the best and would you know humor doing it for a second but yeah it just wasn't in the wasn't the cards for for other reasons but anyway uh it'll be interesting i'm I'm excited obviously this is going to be it's going to be awesome to to have our our second major so let's make some picks man i you know we've kind of touched on a few of of who we're going to choose and kind of why but uh i'll just stay on on the speed train man like i I'll go first with, you know, picking him with just really mainly just off of given what I've read about this golf course being similar to Augusta gives me that the hope and just knowing that, you know, this could potentially be Spieth's, you know, career grand slam relative to the, the other, you know, venues of the, where the PGA is going to be hosted in the upcoming years. I think this is a really good shot for him. And he's obviously in really good form, um, regardless of what his pre-shot routine would would tell you. I he's he's vibing, so I'm gonna stay on that that train. I'm a yes, pick. secretly I'm I'm a little jealous of that pick because he right between the win and the second place, right? He's he's in really good form, and I I do think this course sets up pretty well for him for sure. Yeah. I mean, kind of pass. I mean, I don't know. At least the mainstream media is kind of past the, the the grand slam like given 
you know, after his 2015 run, like 2016, and then after 2017, like 2018 and 19, those were some really tough venues. And it's just like speed, just like a Beth page, you know, he, he made a run there for a little bit, but I mean, no one was scaring Brooks or DJ then I felt like, so kind of yeah. passed that a little bit in with the pressure, but anyway, I think it's a safe pick. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, to keep consistent for me as well, right? Yeah. We all know who I think we can all guess. Is. Yes. If yeah, I go with Rory, knowing that the course is, uh, you can kind of hit it. You, can, you don't have to be deadly accurate off the tee and it, it's going to play long. Uh, picking Rory just because I, I think he's just being able to hit it as far as he does and hopefully we'll be able to attack some of these greens with some shorter clubs and I mean, they played, played pretty well two weeks ago. So yeah. yeah. One of those where it's like, he's, he's, he's due to compete in a major. I mean, he made the run at Augusta, um, but he's just, he's due to win another one. I would say. No surprise there. Uh, I, I'm going to go with someone who's, who's kind of, which is weird to say, I feel like he's kind of flying in on the radar as well as, is Colin Morikawa. Like, He's obviously amazing. And, you know, it just, it just is crazy to me to seem like he's not like at the, the top of all the headlines and conversations. Cause I mean, if he wins this, I mean, he has as many majors as Spieth, which is kind of crazy to think about. And it's like, well, what, what does that mean for him? So anyway, I, he's going to just pure it all through the golf course. It's just the greens. I don't know. Well, we'll see, but. He caught my eye, so. And if Instagram is correct, made a hole in one during his practice round there today. So, hey, if he if he gets to leave the flat stick in the bag and just do it with his irons, he's in a, he's in a good spot. All good there. <laughs> All right. Well, my next pick, I'm going to going to put my Scotty Scheffler pick to the test again. Oh, see if he can make it. You can go four for four, four. See if he can make it four wins for me on Jeez. the run. <laughs> gotta go with the big scotty he played ended up kind of under the radar played pretty well this week yeah. never he kind of got into contention never really probably didn't threaten to win it too but much but 19 under wasn't in contention yeah yeah exactly yeah. but God. found him found his way that played pretty solid all week mid 60s kind of each round just yeah i'm along home just easy does it so who yeah. knows maybe he's got and like you said he really likes the golf course so yep I like it. That's good. That's very, uh, very specific and kind of going along that kind of the riding that bandwagon pick in my mind is, is John Rom. Like, I feel like the dude is every aspect of his game is just so good. And I just feel like it, he's bound to find a little something with, with the putter. And if he does look out, so yeah, just another high pick, but just seem, I don't know, seems sensible. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. That's kind of the fun thing with the majors, right? Where the field, just the field is so good, right? Yeah. No bad got, picks, really. Yeah. yeah. It's easy to take a bunch of guys in the top 15, top 20. So it's fun. Uh, with that, I will continue on that theme. And I'm going to go Xander with my next pick. Like I mentioned earlier, 26 under over his last 49 holes this week. So Unbelievable. that can only have good good vibes heading into the next week right so especially at a course where i I think you're going to be able to make some birdies like i think it's it's good to pick guys that can 
can make can make a lot of birdies, right? I mean, sure, there's gonna gonna be some bogeys with the major, but you want guys that are able to kind of bounce back with those birdies. Yeah, I'd say, and and just kind of going off of uh, what we think to be a, a pretty windy week, someone who randomly stuck out to me because, like I said, personally don't love watching him play golf necessarily, but. Matthew Fitzpatrick, I just feel like the dude is, he's, he's always there. He's always around, especially it seems like when it's windy. And, and I know it's specifically because he leaves the stupid flag stick in and it's always whipping and he's just putting like it's not there. And it just drives me nuts. Just like, dude, get that stupid stick out of there, man. Get it out of your way and just putt normal. It just drives me nuts. But anyway, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with him. And then I, I can't remember where I, where I heard it, where I saw, but I know he won a, a, a big, uh, amateur event at that golf course too. So all those put together just came out with this, uh, this pally white Englishman. Oh, and I will also continue on that trend for, for my windy weather European <laughs> pick, right? It's funny how that's like a classic golf stereotype. Oh, is it going to be windy? Got to pick a European European man. So my, my European of choice this week is Shane Lowry and British open champion in the past. And yeah. he can deal with the wind. And I, I don't know. I, I low key enjoy watching him play. He seems like a, a pretty good dude. And yeah, he just always seems to compete in these, these big events. Yeah. He does seem like, yeah, super down to earth, but, and he always does. I mean, he, he does well at Augusta too. And I don't, I, this sounds stupid. I feel like I'm making these like automatic correlations with, with the two, but again, if the greens are tricky like that and they are, you're going to have to get creative. Like if you, if your ball striking isn't on point you know what, you know, can you bump a seven iron into the ridge? And he's really good at that too. We've seen that plenty of times. So again, a sensible pick we're going sensible. That's, that's our, that's our theme for, uh, for, for this tournament. But again, excited and and really looking forward to it and uh this is really new i, I don't even know if i should mention I, I, it's not i don't know what the what the odds are but a, a developing situation could potentially be there on site with our boy we're just we're texting back and forth right now with with mr dallas dane he's he's gonna be out there um and we're, we're trying to figure out how to allow me to hop in his suitcase essentially and ride his coattails all the way to good old Oklahoma so would be sick but regardless if he's not we'd love to have him to come and and do a, a recap or or maybe call in from from the ground so that that's still pending but excited well anything else Sean any other you know thoughts picks uh shout outs segments hate to see love to see what, you, what you got Got to shout out Victor for making the drive up north. It's always good to get a visit from from one of you from down there. So, because I, I if I can avoid going northbound <laughs> I fifteen, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. But hey, now that it's warming up though, it it does. Yeah, Victor. Bleak. Victor brought Victor brought the warm weather with him this weekend. So it was our first first really good weekend weather, honestly, of the year because this is this was the first shift of the golf course where I had to actually stay until the sun went down so that wasn't as good that wasn't good uh, <laughs> nor the the fight i had to break up on the 18th hole today but well we we will we're compiling a list of stories that we 
what we've got from working at golf courses for a later episode this summer. So that, that, that add gonna that to the list. That's going to be heavy. <laughs> Gosh. But yeah, uh, thank, thank you, Victor, for coming up and, and driving me around this weekend as we played our practice round and then played in the tournament. So what a guy, what a guy, but yeah, it definitely has, I mean, it was interesting being there in my layover. It was walking outside and, like, man it's 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 nice it's a nice day up here in good old salt lake i kind of missed that warm weather and the the pretty mountains that were a little snow capped and then yeah i got down got into st george at about two o'clock and dude it was blistering like it we went swimming it was so hot but like oh it's, it's warm let's go swim and it was it was awesome like it was 100 degrees at springtime springtime <laughs> down there yeah i was scaring triple digits it must be yeah early spring down here but so we got some some hot weather in the, the forecast this week. So yeah, I'm excited to get out and, and, and play the itch is, is, is real, you know, not being able to play that, that sacred weekend round. It's, it's got, it's got me going. So especially, especially with major week, right. There's always, yes. always their itch to get out and play. Yeah, exactly. Well, anything else? I mean, have to, you know, we're trying to get more into the, uh, the TikTok game, if you're, I, it's just, it's been interesting. I had some, some fun interactions, some direct messages, some interesting comments on some of our videos. I think we put out like five or six videos last week. Just, you know, you did an, an awesome pre-shot routine. You know, we kind of did this or that or best feeling in golf. We talked about a, uh, our, you know, my personally, my favorite gambling game to play on, on the golf course. So Anyway, easy, check. easy there, Phil. Easy well, I know I, this is, it is, it is a slippery slope. That was also going to be part of my, you know, the empathy that I have for Phil Nicholson is dude, when you get, when you get giddy over, you know, a $5 putt, I can't, I can't imagine if you had a couple of zeros behind that. And uh, I'm sure, you know, talk about adrenaline junkie. That's, that's definitely there, but uh, no, I, I wouldn't classify myself there yet. So but it's, it's Victor, man, really. It's the country club vibe that they got going on there. And, and Victor, it's a, it's a scary combination of, of, of some, some betting games. So anyway, we'll save that for another one of kind of our favorite games and, and some suggestions of ones to play um, just to live up the, liven up the round a little bit. It doesn't have to break the bank, but, you know, get those palms sweating a little bit, which is good. So well, anything else, man, or have we have we kicked the bucket for tonight i mean as always there's always hours and hours more of of things we could could dive into but i think i think we we covered it all tonight so i'm excited for excited for another major i go back and forth on on how i like sort of this new golf schedule but i think where i i settle on it it's nice to have a big event each month, right? So it doesn't feel like we're going five, six, seven weeks having to wait for kind of another big golf tournament. So it's fun that they seem to come now every every few weeks. So kind of helps the schedule move along. And majors are always fun, right? You got a stacked leaderboard. Of course, usually plays a little tougher. Crowds and galleries always good. There's always sort of an electric atmosphere. So mm-hmm. usually makes for some fun watching. Are we good? Anything else, Sean, or should we just <laughs> wrap this, wrap this puppy up before we get in too deep? Cause there's I'm not, not even going to open my mouth or anything else. I, I, I think we're good, but Slippers appreciate slow. everyone for, for still listening. Like the true, the true 
the true winners out there, the ones that are sticking it through with us here. So, and and good vibes for y'all, and hope that again that translate it translates into some some pure contact and some some made putts. So, keep striving, and we'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs>